Hej. Så. Uh. You actually received the longest, loudest cheer of the night. Let's go! <laughs> Hello and welcome. I know, I know, it's been a minute. I've missed podcasting so much, to be honest, but life has been so busy lately. This is a bonus episode for poetry and mental health with a young woman who I have met during my events. This was originally recorded in September of 2022 in a coffee shop, so excuse the noises as yours truly doesn't have a studio yet. For now, I go where the conversations take me, so let's dive in. I am the perfect chaos, a mixture of chaos and art. This is Rasid. You know what? I'm just going to read my Instagram bio. It says, I am a mental health advocate. I'm a public speaker. I'm a poet. Do art in all shapes, forms. I would say I'm starved. A lot of things I should have been fed, whether it's an image of myself or things I should have learn about myself or about life or about making friends and choosing my career i feel like i was starved maybe i was starved for the right reasons maybe it was a form of protection i will always be starving wanting for more if i finish a poem right now it would take two hours for me to be like i need to write another poem i will forget how good i felt when i wrote this poem and i will focus on the next one and also i think that's also because human beings are naturally greedy and and we will always want more So again, uh, you you will always need to find that balance, but when I define myself, I would think I I think I need to add the fact that I I'm starved. One of the main reasons I think we connected on was the importance of mental health. So, I wanted to unpack that part of her human experience and story. So, a year ago, last September, I decided I was being a little too dramatic. Was waiting for life to pick me up rather than picking myself up. I need to do the math. Last September, Camille Sene of just doing nothing, just like staying at home, uh, playing video games, not doing anything related to art, not doing anything related to my studies. I just gave up on life, and I know why because the December before that. Uh, December 2020 actually no November 2020 I got diagnosed with depression and instead of dealing with it I chose to use it as an excuse so whenever I wasn't doing what I love to do I would just be like yeah because I'm uh, you know it's a tough day like you guys don't understand what it's like to be depressed and things like that so it took almost a year it, like from this, from November 2020 till September 2021 for me to finally realize okay well, I I've just wasted a year of my life doing nothing and so the first thing I did was get a haircut I had very long hair and so I remember one day I walked out of my room it was after I spent a week just in my room and I remember I wasn't eating I was just like I wasn't replying to any texts I wasn't even playing video games I was like gone A week later, I walk out of my room. I go up to my mom. I'm like, I'm gonna get a haircut, and she's like, gone. And it was the first time for her, like, not to be like, لا رسي شعر شعره خلي طويل. Oh yeah, I made the appointment, and I remember I called my hairstylist. I need an appointment tomorrow, and he was like, I am fully booked tomorrow. I was like, I need it tomorrow. Because if it's not tomorrow, then I'm gonna change my mind. He booked an appointment for me after his working hours, and then that's when I 
started focusing on myself. Slowly from there, I started doing public speaking, going to events, kind of just like exposing myself, networking. So I can finally say a year later, here I am. Here she is indeed. I was impressed by Raseel's poison energy. Being a young woman in our society defying the status quo can be a tough experience. So in this part, we explore where her poetry comes from and how she commits. Actually, for me, it comes from like trauma. I don't know how to commit when it comes to myself. So if if it's if I need to write a poem because I want to write a poem, I can't do it. Since I have a, an event to go to, I made a commitment, I signed up for it. You know what I like about me? I think at the same time, I don't panic. Even if I panic, this event is still going to happen. I still have to show up. I still have to write that poem. So me panicking is not going to, it's it's just going to make the process even more difficult, right? Usually with all every poetry night I've been to, I wrote the poem like an hour or two before it. With that event, the your event, it was a bit more difficult because it was a very tough week for me. I lost my dog uh, that week. I was not inspired. I just wanted to stay in bed. But I, I knew I, I had to get it done. So Because again, I made a commitment and I was like, okay. So yeah, I wrote it a few hours before it. And I did not expect it to be that good. Like I didn't expect people to actually enjoy it. But yeah. Here's the poem we were talking about from Gole's first poetry night back in June 2022. The poem I, I wrote actually like a few hours ago, it talks about me, you know, the dark side of me. But also it talks about how, you know, us women, we already struggle. And it talks about why I struggle as a woman looking like that. So this one's called I Hope You Never Understand. <clears throat> I'm not your favorite poem. The one you read when rain is pouring with tea in one hand and the other holds a heart so broken. I am a poem written in a language that's foreign, so you never understand. I mean, I hope you never understand. You see, I'm cool and all, but definitely not when the rain falls, and the storm triggers all the bad memories I thought I don't recall. They say those who have gone through traumatic experiences suffer from memory loss. And as sad as it sounds, I don't mind losing them all to start over add color to my life and increase the exposure. But rainy days are cold and they make my heart colder. I hope you never understand why I always have nail polish on and why I keep blasting Doja Cat's song because I'm doing the feminine thing wrong. (laughs) So I always have to prove it. Turned 12 and I had to change the way I sit. And when I was 15, I had to be careful who I hang out with. And at 21, you'd be surprised to know I haven't proven anything. I have makeup on because I was told I look sick or a little too masculine. I don't know, is it the hair? So fun to be a woman, isn't it? I know you'll never understand. I know you'll never understand what it's like to be me or how this world makes me feel. But on a rainy day, on a rainy day, I hope this world just lets you be. Because I never got that. But you wouldn't understand, would you? Thank you. The root of any artistic endeavor comes from a deep place. Especially with poetry, it feels like you're reading from your private journal. Let's hear what she doesn't stand by on this topic and her convictions on mental health and the community in Oman. 
I would have a lot of conversations with a lot of people and they would just think that being vulnerable is like being weak. And I don't stand by that. I cannot tolerate that. Especially as an artist myself, I need to be vulnerable to create. Am I weak every time I'm creating? I don't think that's the case. I think it's it's strength for me to sit there with myself and be honest about how I'm feeling or what crosses my mind when I look at myself in the mirror and things like that. Like the poem that I wrote, I hope you never understand. That poem talked about me and it was one of the first poems that I think it was actually the first poem that actually talks about me and talks about that specific struggle, the way I look and how it's it's an issue with society having short hair and wanting to play football and like and I remember talking about having to always have nail polish on just like now because that's the only way people would identify me as a girl when they would look at me and that's like an everyday struggle. I remember I got very nervous before performing it. Maybe this is why people think it's a weakness because now I'm going to go on stage tell people what hurts me. So that's like what if they use this against me? But no, a lot of people kind of actually related to it. So alhamdulillah, it worked out. <laughs> it worked out. Like I said when I started off this podcast, I'm in a better place. So I'm happy to see a lot of people that are actually willing to take one for the team. You know what I mean? Like just sacrifice uh, your name and your reputation because to us, uh, in our society, it's like, It's just like a fever, bro. Like you get a fever, you go to the hospital. If, if, you're, if you don't feel okay, if you're like waking up every single day sad for no reason, something needs, like you need to get a checkup. It's how, why is it offensive? Is it offensive if you have a fever? Is it offensive if, you, if you're diagnosed with uh, an illness that's not mental? No, it's not. You don't choose that. Nor do you choose getting a mental illness. When I was a teenager, actually, I, there was nothing. There was, there was no poets that I was like Omani poets or like Omani mental health advocates or public speakers that felt comfortable, I think, talking about it. So I had no one to look up to. I, I wrote a song recently recently. Um, been doing the solo no steps to follow the reason I, lo- I wrote that line is because for me it feels like I had to take one for the team for for everyone to get comfortable with at least in my family for everyone to get comfortable with like opening up and back when I was 15 I couldn't have a conversation about mental health uh, with my mom now I can kind of <laughs> almost <laughs> but yeah exactly baby steps um, so I say that all to say Everything we've been doing, everything you've been doing, everything I've been doing, everything everyone has been doing has been so great for the mental health community, I guess. Um, so if we continue to do what we do, all these events, gathering people, because subconsciously, like your event wasn't about mental health, but subconsciously it was there. Uh, and we all connected on trauma and Uh, love and it's all things that we go through separately and uh, differently as well for example you tell someone you're like go seek help not in an offensive way like actually just like maybe you need some help I don't have professional help my advice as a friend is not like maybe I'm being biased people get like creeped out they're like give a clinic it's like it's heavy so if we create an event where we gather people that have experienced trauma with their parents or trauma with their partners or trauma with their, whatever it is. 
and they gather together and they perform a poem and they all relate to, like to it and laugh about it and connect and then uh, ask about what's your Instagram, what's your this, and then you start to get to know people. That's just a way of like helping. That's you seeking help because you're making friends, you're socializing, you're getting out of that bubble. I think if we continue to do more of this, at some point we're gonna maybe not change the the whole world, but like change a few people's worlds. Continuing the conversation on the topic of creativity, creating, and its importance. Kurt Vonnegut, who's an American writer, said in his book, A Man Without a Country, and I quote, To practice any art, no matter how well or badly, is a way to make your soul grow. So do it. End quote. In this part, we talk about Rasil's creation process and its importance. I don't think I would have ever been able to overcome anything without uh, creating without my art. However, I, I just remembered something I wanted to mention. I was having a conversation with uh, one of my cousins who's an artist, Sabrina Al-Busaidi. We were talking about how as artists, we're always afraid of uh, making a mistake, making bad art. And we had a full-on conversation and it changed my mindset because she told me, like we were having this conversation about if you are, if you work in a corporate company, if you're an accountant, You go to work, you're not always going to have a good day. Like, it's not always going to be good. There's There are going to be bad days. But no one's going to know about your bad day because you go to an office and you do your work on your own and then you get out of the office, right? But for us as for us as artists, our work is out there. It's out there. There are comment sections. There are likes, shares, all of that. And so when you make bad art, there's so many opinions. And that's why to us... And also, it was so hard for us to get to the point where we had to convince our parents and our family and to become artists. So you cannot afford to make a mistake. So you're always on the edge where you're like, I can't. this can't be bad. So she she really helped me with that conversation because then I, I wrote so many poems that I thought were complete shit but with time I was like but I need to make bad like it can't Every poem can't be good. It's still a fight when it comes to like my mental health and my mindset and though like the way I think when it comes to my art. Sometimes I beat my like I I would say I am my worst enemy. If you tell me I can't do something, I will I will prove you wrong in seconds. But if I tell me I can't do something, and then I that's when I'm like, wait, wait, maybe I actually can't. However, at the same time, art is how I heal. If I'm upset, the first thing I do is write a poem write a song but also not not only that but like sometimes I go for a walk to me art is even just like going for a walk and like taking in that fresh air like I see beauty in the little things and I consider them art I guess I don't think I would be where I am without art I think that that's why when it when it came when you asked me to define myself I said I'm a mixture of chaos and art if you take art away from me I'm not I'm not me so there's good and bad I guess uh, I'm finally at a point where I'm in the middle. Because at some point, I, it got so bad, I would create so much to the point where I got sick and I had to go to the hospital because I wasn't giving myself a break. I'm like, okay, Rasil, like, okay, we get it, you're passionate, but like, this is too far. So, yeah, it's a balance. One of my favorite topics is setting boundaries, as I don't think it's talked about enough in our society. When you start implementing that in your life, shedding and letting go of what didn't work is a byproduct of the process. Here, I explore this phase with Rasil. I started taking care of myself once I 
started ma- like controlling my time. I manage my time now. So if I want to do this at that moment, I'm going to do it. Like you're not going to tell me when, like how I manage my time. So I started setting boundaries. You lose a lot of people when you start setting boundaries. I lost so, I lost so many people. I think I just have Yasser left in. <laughs> um, no, but like actually... I lost a lot of people because قبل, I was I didn't have any boundaries. I would do whatever it takes to keep you in my life because I was so afraid of being alone. And because again, I didn't want to go back to that that kid Rasil that was so lonely, stuck in her room and had no one. And when I when I went to college, I didn't have a lovely experience at college. I, I didn't make any friends. In fact, I made all the, the college friends after I graduated. Now they all study there and I'm like, peace out, I'm out. <laughs> I'll explain how I was before and how I am now. So before, I I had so much time. Instead of investing that time on myself, I invested it on like just maintaining friendships. And it got to the point where it was like unhealthy. So I would have unhealthy people in my life knowing that they were unhealthy for me. But I just, as long as they were there, I was okay. As long as they were there, I was I was good. I was like, I'm not lonely. I have friends. What do you mean? One thing I would, like if I can give anyone that's listening a piece of advice is careful who's not clapping for you. Like we're always like we're always happy when our friends are clapping for us but careful who's not clapping for you. These people weren't clapping for me. When I was performing they were gone. When I was uh, doing big projects they were gone. And so that's when I kind of I had like a wake up call. I started setting boundaries. I have priorities. You know, I sometimes I would have to skip a gathering because I have work. Trust me at some point it's going to be worth it. And if you love me enough you would understand. But they wouldn't. Never they they never understood. I remember I I lost Uh, so many friends to me it was like okay mom if, if where I am at life and where you are at life like they don't go together it's fine people grow apart it's the way I lost a lot of people uh, I got attacked for like taking care of myself or like setting boundaries it, it got so bad to the point where like I remember when I lost my dog <sighs> when I lost my dog I was told in a way where can like Now you know what it feels like and like you kind of like this is what you get and I'm like bro not my dog like come on you you don't you don't go that far but I knew again I knew I was like I'm happy I'm the healthiest I'm the happiest I've ever been and uh, if this doesn't make sense to you if if you're not happy about me being happy then there's an issue here. I'm taking care of myself. I'm being a good person. That's how I started taking care of myself. Of course, when you go to bed, you think about it. Like, I've lost a lot of people that I have, like, gone to the moon for. And, like, I went above and beyond. But it's been worth it. Career-wise, I'm exactly where I want to be. Mental health-wise, I'm exactly where I want to be. At the end of the day, the core of Rasil is, like, a good person. I will make mistakes. If I have make, made mistakes, then sure, but... This is me, like, finally making that decision to be like, okay, I need to put myself first. And I remember I was talking to one of the girls that, were, that was in my circle, who isn't anymore. But she, she's the one that pointed it out. It's quite ironic as well that now she's not in my circle. But she said, she said you're so used to compromising. Because I don't like conflict. I'm like, When they came back to my life, now I'm like, I have an opinion. I don't like this. I don't want this around me. Please don't tell me to do this. Please, whatever, right? Or I don't have time because I have work. I have, I have this event I need to do. I can't show up to this. Like I started setting boundaries slowly. Uh, so she was like, now you have an opinion. And, and it's a strong one. 
And with someone who, for like so many years, for someone who's so used to you just showing up all the time and compromising all the time, it's like, what do you mean? Like, where is this coming from? And I thought about it throughout the whole process of shedding. I thought about it. I was like, that's so true. Because I noticed where it came from and who it came from. And I'm so used to saying yes. So when I started saying no, it was an issue. So they came back and then we, we kept clashing. I completely like, everything everything fell apart. It was just me. Fast forward to the end of March, beginning of April. I go to this event. I meet a bunch of people. I knew a few of them. They were like friends and then... But there was this entire group and I met them and we became friends and now I see them every week. Uh, so I remember in peace and mind when I was uh, in that event and I was stressed, you know, I was running the whole event and I saw them show up. I stopped for a moment and I was like, two months, two months. Like I've known these people for two months and the entire group, I'm talking like almost 10 people showed up. Two weeks ago, uh, before I traveled, I had my first ever open mic and they all showed up again even more of them actually like the entire the full group like maybe 15 people showed up so for me it was like a wake-up call so it was definitely worth the loneliness but I do agree with you when you said uh, when you lose a lot of people you go through that phase of loneliness also it hurts your ego so you're like I don't want to make friends because there's no point of investing and they're all gonna leave and they're all gonna everyone's the same And then life hits you with a coincidence. I went to this event and I'm like, oh, yeah, you guys are cool. And now, like, I hang out with them every week. So I found my people. Alhamdulillah. That felt so good saying. I think you saw it from the smile on my face. <laughs> I'm happy to close this episode on that happy note. Honestly, I was just smiling while editing this episode because I do remember the conversation and how she was beaming when she was talking about it. Finding your people. your chosen tribe can take time and it's a different experience for everyone and I do hope everyone gets to experience it one thing I've learned is being intentional about who you want to connect with Jane Fonda who's an American actress and activist has been talking about this a lot recently with viral clips going around the intentionality of friendship at any age I do want to leave you with this question when was the last time you were intentional about reaching out to a new potential friend or an old acquaintance Before we close, Rasil is going to be releasing her very first collection of poetry and photography, which I'm so excited about. So if you are as excited as I am and want to support your local artists, follow her on Instagram at Rasil or check the links in the show notes. Until next time, this has been your host and hummingbird, Maria Ocean. This episode is created for the Goal Project.